Moncrief on News Talk. Now, every now and again, a song becomes a massive hit, despite the fact that the song and the artist may have been around for decades. TV shows and TikTok are giving all sorts of music a second life for an audience who may only be hearing it for the first time. Today, FM presenter Claire Beck is here to run us through a few of them. Afternoon, Claire. Hello, Sean. How are you getting on? Uh, now, I suppose the latest I- I- iteration of this is uh, Murder on the Dance Floor, uh, which featured uh, uh, at the end of, of Saltburn, the movie... I'm surprised, given the scene, that people paid any attention to the music, really. <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, the one thing I would say is that that's, it is a perfect pop record. Um, I'm old enough to remember it the first time around when it was in the charts. Um, but I absolutely love the idea of people hearing it for the first time and going, oh my God, what is this song? It is incredible. And it is um, now back in the charts. It um, Her debut album has been pressed on vinyl for the first time. And uh, there's a whole world of uh, Gen Zers who are discovering the magic of Sophie Ellis-Bexter and I'm absolutely thrilled about it. Now, did, did Sophie Ellis-Bexter uh, write the song? And apart from maybe, you know, she might sell some records in the back of it, will, will, does she get rights for it featuring in, in the movie? As far as I as far as I remember, she does have a writing credit on it. Um, but it's always the way, Sean, you know yourself with the different record deals. Um, you know, when Kate Bush she wrote Running Up That Hill. So when she had that huge success when it was in Stranger Things, um, she was absolutely raking it in, um, and deservedly so. Um, but it does depend kind of on the publishing deal that was signed at the start. Right. Okay. But the real like I mean, even to uh, from like what I've read. It, 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 it's it's tens of thousands if, just for featuring on the on the movie at all. It can be uh, at, mm-hmm. uh, it, like it's fifty grand for being on a TV show, and it, it can be a multiple of that for being on a movie. So uh, happy days, happy days indeed. And um, like it's great for her, great for anyone who's involved. Um, in the song is now getting paid again for it, which is a lovely bonus. Um, but um, I'm mostly just so happy that people are discovering the song for the first time. Yeah, that song is twenty years old. No, it's not, Sean. It's five years old. Don't be messing with it. All right. Now. Okay. Yeah. There's grand. people driving. That's what I thought it. too. I, I read that. It was 20. I, I just knew it was a mistake. That's uh, yeah. uh, so like and you, another thing you do. One of your many jobs is, is you're, you're a music programmer. So is it a case? How do you go about figuring out we should put this song into rotation now? This, this five year old song into rotation now because it's suddenly become popular again. Is there a set of metrics you use to say, okay, that's in or that's not in. Yeah, so there's loads. Now, you'll probably have to cut me off talking about this because I'm a big nerd and I love getting into it. Um, But essentially... um Every radio station will have a station sound and an audience demographic. And our job as programmers when we're going into playlists is to cater to them and give them what they want. So when it's something like this that it pops back up, you would, of course, you'd look at the streaming, you'd look at the, um, the physical sales, you'd look at the kind of cultural impact. Um, so, for example, when we're doing the music for Today FM or 98 FM, the audience are already familiar with that song. It's not new to them. So you might say, oh, we'll give it like some extra plays, but we don't need to put it into the highest rotation as such. Um, for a youth station um, like Spin Network or iRadio, um, at the moment we haven't, but we're keeping an eye on it because there's a kind of a couple of things that happens. So when Kate Bush, that was kind of the first 
huge resurgence a couple of years ago. It was um, the TV show uh, Stranger Things was so popular. Everyone was watching it. And again, there was um, loads of people hearing this song and then discovering Kate Bush as well for the first time. So not only was it top of the charts, top of the streaming, but everybody was talking about it. And we actually did end up playlisting it um, again on um, some of the youth brands that we look after because um, this was essentially a new song for that audience and they couldn't get enough of it, of course, because it's one of the best songs of all time. Um, So it kind of depends. Um, A lot of the times on TikTok, you might remember a few years ago, there was this huge viral TikTok of a guy skateboarding around to Fleetwood Mac Dreams. Mm. Um, It's a funny one because what was trending was that clip and that TikTok sound as opposed to the full song. So it wouldn't really have been appropriate to playlist the full t- song because it sounds terrible, but that's not what the audience are familiar with. They're familiar with the 15 second clip. So their interest would be in making a TikTok rather than discovering Fleetwood Mac, if that makes sense. Yes, right. OK, there's a lot of factors then you're taking into account. It's not just whether someone oh, is shifting it. units or not. Oh, and of course, and you have your good, and particularly if it's a new artist and your good is telling you this artist, you got to get behind them, you got to give them support. So you'll be kind of making the case. You're like, I think this song is perfect for us. But then you have to kind of, you have to answer to the higher ups, of course, you have to consider the station sound, you have to consider the audience. Um, because at the end of the day, you don't want someone to be like, what's that? I don't know what that is. I'm not interested and switch off, mm. you know? So it's all a, a timing is a lot of it. And then the frequency of how often you're going to play the song. So you're always kind of, you the listener in mind like what do they want to hear at 3pm and that's really what drives the decision Yeah so is it important that they know who the artist is? It depends. So sometimes for a station, you would have a core artist. Um, So this would be an artist that everybody knows, everyone is familiar with. So when they release a new single, you don't really need to be introducing them so much because they'll already be familiar with their voice, their sound, that kind of thing. Um, But if it's a newer artist, you're kind of doing them a disservice by bumping them up the list too quickly because you want to give them the best chance. So you kind of put them into um, a lot of radio stations would have like a new music music. section on the list and that means the DJ is always going to talk into it explain a little bit hype up the song hype up the artist and then slowly people kind of get used to it because you know yourself if you're in work or you're in the car you have something on in the background you're not always actively listening so you want people to get familiar with the song get to know it love it and then when it becomes a hit you kind of um, we'll start playing it at high frequency because that's what people want. Yeah, no, I suppose what I mean is that, and so, actually somebody's texted in with an example of this. They say, my 11-year-old nephew turned to me at the weekend and said, have you heard of Bruce Springsteen? I just oh discovered God, a great song yes. of his on TikTok. <laughs> I gave him a solid 20-minute rundown of the man's importance. So what I mean, I suppose, is like when, when uh, 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 Running Up That Hill appeared in Stranger Things, it was like, you know, the, uh, um, many younger people love Stranger Things, love that song, Song became massively popular with them, but then, but they don't know that the singer is a woman in her 60s. I know. And is that important to them or not? I don't think it is. I think because of that, like that was such a like cultural moment. Everybody was watching Stranger Things. Everyone was waiting for the finale. Um, if memory serves, I think you had it, it came out the, like it was coming out kind of week by week, or certainly the finale came out at the same time for everyone. Um, and everyone was watching it. The scene was so beautiful and everything. It was just like this perfect storm. Um, but I've it's always been a thing, Sean. Like you might remember. Ferris Bueller's Day Off like the soundtrack was absolutely incredible and I had never heard of Yellow before became a massive Yellow fan you know or I how would I ever have heard the contours Do You Love Me if I hadn't seen Dirty Dancing 
Mm. You know, so it's and it's such a it's a it's such an interesting job as well. Somebody who's doing the music supervision for a movie or a TV show, um, because they're looking for that kind. They want the perfect song for the scene. But then also, I'm sure they're very aware that, oh, my goodness, loads of people are going to discover Bruce Springsteen or whoever it is because of this. And it's fantastic. It's just this, these songs deserve to be heard again. And there's so much noise online and there's so much music available and of course support new artists but also if there's an incredible song like running up that hill um yes let's let's keep it going and let's um let hear people hear it for the first time and then become a fan of the artist uh, so so uh, like back in the day i suppose it was it, it was uh, where artists charted that was important it has that been overtaken by tiktok it, not necessarily. Um, the the thing about TikTok is it's because it's a, a section of a song. Um, you won't necessarily be familiar with the full song. So there'll be like if you ask DJs, they'll tell you, you know, they'll go, oh, brilliant. I'll play this song. That's a trending sound. And people don't recognize it because they mm. only know the little hook. You know, unfortunately, um, all of our brains, it's not just younger people, all of our brains have been rotted a little bit by the kind of immediacy of things that are on you know, trending sounds on TikTok and, you know, in the background of Instagram reels and that kind of thing. So it's a very different way of discovering music. Um, and our attention spans have gotten a lot shorter as well. Um, so before, you know, you would have kind of, um, we sound so old now, Sean, five years ago, Sean, do you yes, remember? Indeed. You'd, go yes, into, indeed. you'd go into HMV and there'd be listening posts and you'd listen through to the new yeah. songs or you might go, God, I really love that song. I'll take a chance on that buying the album, but then you spent like 20 quid on the album. So you would really give it a good listen. Um, so it is kind of just a different way um, of discovering music. But listen, people are like, music is amazing. If you're a music fan, you're going to get into it anyway, one way or another, um, and kind of work your way backwards. Yeah. No, because is it, well, say, if, going back to Saltburn, uh, mm-hmm. Murder on the Dance Floor was at the uh, was at the end, uh, and maybe yeah. it got a bit more time. But there was uh, there was an MGMT uh, uh, track in there as well, but, and perhaps that didn't get the same attention for whatever reason. Yeah, I kind of feel like my impression getting the film was that the music that was picked, and now I will say there was a couple of tracks that it was class of two thousand and six, and I think there was a couple of tracks in there that weren't released in two thousand and six. <laughs> but anyway, we won't worry about it too much. But I think you know the little snippet of MGMT or Block Party or whatever was that was kind of done for nostalgic purposes. So that was for the people that remembered it the first time around. Going, oh my god, I remember I was in college and listening to that song or where whatever it was. Um, I think it's good that they picked like the one song and that was just the perfect song for that last, I've, I don't know if you've seen Saltburn, but that last scene, um, I won't spoil it, but it's just so perfect. And it kind of, this song that is this like amazing song that everyone runs onto the dance floor for, it was so sinister mm. and it just was perfect. And, you know, Barry was amazing. And I think that's why it kind of stuck in people's head as well as going, hang on a second, this song is great. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah, because yeah, I, I made me wonder about that, that if people actually went and sought out, no disrespect to Sophie Ellis-Baxter, but if they went out and sought the, the video for the original song, they might be a bit disappointed. Uh, like part of the success of the song this time might, might be Barry Kogan's Mickey. <laughs> or prosthetic. We're not sure he is yet to come. We're giving him the benefit of the doubt there. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're dead right. I think if you, if 
you know, because people hear, you know, song old, older songs all the time. You go, oh, this is a great song. But when you have such a strong visual to go with this and it's like the end of a film and, you know, you're after watching this film and all, like your head is just spinning, then, yeah, definitely you're dead right. That's going to have more of an impact. You know, if there'd been a clip of that, um, if there'd been a clip of that playing in the background and then maybe we'd had another song um people might be talking about that but i do think it was just the perfect storm of whoever picked that song for that scene they just did the most amazing mm. job because it was just so on so many levels to make something so joyful seem so sinister um, was just an absolute stroke of genius now ed just texted and i don't know if this is true or is true or not but i hope it is uh, they didn't they didn't actually tell sophie ellis bexter about what scene the song was featured in uh, and so she went to the premiere of Saltburn uh, in the company of her 19-year-old son, uh, oh. <laughs> which may have been a little bit ox. And a few people pointing out uh, about uh, that earlier Bruce Springsteen co- uh, comment that uh, the 11-year-old was talking about. Uh, he saw Springsteen on TikTok and you have to be 13 to be on TikTok. So, ah, no. Ah, no. So, uh, uh, so you're warned. Uh, is there any other, is there any other um, uh, you know, uh, five-year-old songs that are going to be huge in the, in the next few weeks you can warn us about? <laughs> I'm not sure about in the next few weeks. Um, there's going to be some films coming out, um, but we will have to wait and see. You know, there's kind of... We're, um, there's going to be a whole kind of new TV series and stuff coming out, but it's kind of that's that's the kind of joy of it. It's a surprise you don't mm. realize until the moment. You know, if we found out in advance, if there was a playlist put out or something, I feel like it would spoil the magic a little bit. Yeah, because I know I like agents will send out songs for new artists uh, in the hope of yes. giving them a break that way. I like. I wonder is the same thing happen to? I'm making heavily inverted commas here. Older artists. Uh, are slightly more older artists for their stuff as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. Now, I'm not sure. I know for um, Sync, which is what you're talking about for um, artists getting uh, featured in TV shows, um, depending on the content of the show, they might be looking for something brand new that hasn't been heard before, or they might sometimes um, as well. It can be a bit of a pain to, if you want to feature, you know, I was speaking um, to a music supervisor before and he was having terrible trouble. He's like, I really want to use this one song in this one scene. And we cannot figure out the publishing deal because it was this old dance track and you know people were partying a lot and they maybe couldn't find the original mm-hmm. contract or whatever it was but it, or you know maybe tracking down an older artist um it might be a little bit harder um but yeah i'm not actually sure if they would actively look for bigger more established songs or um if they'd be going for new artists because i know it is like it's good money like i've friends who've had songs synced on big TV shows and it's given them the budget to go and record more music or to buy equipment or that kind of thing. So it, it's a it's a brilliant thing for a new artist. If anyone's listening just who does that job, just give it to the newer artists. They need the money. Claire, thanks a million uh, as ever. <laughs> that was uh, Claire Beck there, presenter and music programmer uh, on Today FM and multiple other stations. Kirk on Twitter says, Faith No More, We Care A Lot. Uh, that track came out in the 80s and I didn't know about it until it was on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 now it gets rock radio airplay. It just shows it. Um, I don't know whether that song was uh, particularly successful or not the first time round, but uh, uh, you could see that happening. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.